The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 42 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com. And the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined as always by independent wrestling veteran, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. Hello, Michael. What's up? How are you tonight? Fantastic. Where's that uh that spunk that Jason Stewart talked about a number of weeks ago? <laughs> uh well, no, I was gonna make a crude joke about spunk, but Oh my goodness. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> How dare you? Is it a good day today or a bad day today? It was a day, Michael. Okay. It's fine. Why 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 does it matter? We're here to talk about <laughs> wrestling, not my day. We're not married. Oh, we don't need to talk about my day. <laughs> oh God. All right. Is that kind of uh is that kind of night for the Kingpin? Let's get into it then. Well, coming up. We've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions. Plus, one more harrowing heckle. That's not a word. But it will be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. First up, though, we are discussing a different topic each week voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. Please follow us at the WPAN on Twitter. This week's topic, Kingpin, well, I had a little experiment with the poll this week. I talked about it with the Playboy at, when I was at the Chaotic Wrestling Show about how the negative topics seem to rise to the top. <laughs> More often than not. Well, you're a negative person, so. Well, I'm not a negative person. It's the people voting in the poll because I put three positive topics and one <sighs> negative topic in the poll. And the winning topic was the negative topic, the worst angle payoff. <laughs> so it's not me, Brian. It is the legions of WPAN fans out there. They voted and they got the worst angle payoff. So you're not you're not using the it's not you, it's me routine. You're using the it's not me, it's you routine. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, so, and we talked about this before we hit record, Kingpin. This topic is a treasure trove. It's an endless supply of answers to this one. Yeah, it was a, I mean, I was sitting here going through and making my list, and I I finally just got to a point of like, okay, I have enough here. I could, I could fill two episodes alone with what I got on my list here. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I feel the same way. It just you just have to stop at some point. We can probably yeah, we can probably so cover many. this subject for the next 
six episodes and probably not do a thorough enough job of uh, of covering it. Yeah, maybe part two next week. Who knows? <laughs> but okay, let's get into it then, Brian. You don't want to talk about yourself. You don't want to talk about your day. Let's talk about the worst payoffs of wrestling angles that you've ever seen. Uh, why don't I kick it off this time? All right. We're changing things up here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep it fresh. Uh, this one you might not think of. I had seen something about this recently on Facebook. Someone had posted it. And so it sprung to mind when this thing won the poll. Do you remember in WCW 7? Goldust character, right? Yes, Dustin Rhodes, when he went to WCW, after Goldust was done, he left, went to Nitro, showed up. Well, actually, it's a number of vignettes, week after week, of these vignettes of this mysterious man in whiteface outside a little kid's window. And this cost a lot of money, from what I understand, these vignettes, to uh, introduce this character, and of course, it took place over quite a long period of time before he finally showed up on WCW Monday Nitro. Finally, Seven is here in the building. He floats down to the ring, doesn't walk down to the ring. He literally is held up with a wire and flown down the aisle to the ring, gets in the ring, grabs the microphone and says... Don't I look stupid? (laughs) That's not an exact quote, but basically that's what he said. Look at this getup they put me in. I was in the World Wrestling Federation. I left and came here, and this is what they did to me. They put me in this stupid hat. He's wearing this big hat. Almost looks like The Undertaker's hat. Uh, The rim's a little wider, though, and he is completely, his entire head is painted white. The entire thing was killed in his first appearance. I don't know what the character was exactly supposed to be, (laughs) some sort of creep, some sort of uh, unsavory horror character, and he gets down to the ring, grabs the microphone, and says, this gimmick sucks, I'm Dustin Rhodes. Swerve, bro. (laughs) Yeah, so when you talk about payoffs to angles, something that cost them a pretty penny, I'm sure, World Championship Wrestling, and certainly contributed to their downfall. All this money put into this character, his first appearance, he says, this character is the shits. (laughs) He was not wrong. Yeah, he implied, like, child molester? Like, is that what? I mean, it it was... It was, That's yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> I mean, it was something very weird, and maybe it's for the best that they didn't go forward with it, but I mean, to sink that kind of money into something and then just bury it and basically say, I was gold dust in WWF, now I'm here and look what I'm doing. I mean, it doesn't put WCW in a good light, doesn't put Dustin Rhodes in a good light, and you know, no one won in this thing, and it was terrible. That's why WCW is no longer here, my friend. <laughs> yes. All right, Mike. Well, I'm going I'm to go uh, maybe someplace a little unexpected here for you. Oh. Because it involves my favorite wrestler of all time. Oh, no. Yes. So uh, what I'm kind of talking about here is the, the split of the NWO. NWO Wolfpack, NWO Hollywood. Hulk Hogan retires and walks away. Kevin Nash defeats Goldberg for the he- for the heavyweight championship, and then now it looks like we're finally going to have a culmination of Hulk Hogan's coming back, 
culmination of NWO Wolfpack versus NWO Hollywood. Mike, I'm talking about the finger poke of doom and the, the ultimate reunion of the NWO. Ugh, my God. Yeah, that's <laughs> good pick or bad pick, depending on your point of view. <laughs> yeah, horrible. Abs- absolutely horrible, insulting to the fans. Uh, that was also, um, in doing my research today, infamously the... Same episode of Nitro, they gave away the results of uh, Mick Foley winning the WWE Championship. Wow. If there were any more reasons to change the channel. (laughs) Not exactly a banner night in WCW history. No, and to have an angle pay off so bad that it has its own nickname. When you say finger poke of doom, everyone knows what that is. It has its own Wikipedia page, Mike. <laughs> oh my god. Now you know it's bad. <laughs> Amazing. It's terrible. So there you go. I can be unbiased when my favorite wrestler in the world, Hulk Hogan, is involved in something horrible, I admit it. Congratulations. Well done. I'm just thinking now, I- I'm dreading trying to decide which one of these is my number one. I haven't picked a number one yet, and I'm trying to figure out which one of these could be the worst. They're all terrible. There's quite a few, buddy. There's quite a few. Wow. It's just like, I don't know, flip a coin. I, I Well, I need like a 20-sided coin, but <laughs> my God. You know, Mike, we don't really have to go all, all that far back in history to talk about horrible payoffs for pro wrestling angles. We can kind of look to... If we want to talk modern day uh, pro wrestling, the the mystery surrounding the uh, text messages that that Corey Graves was getting concerning Kurt Angle, and, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently his bastard child, Jason Jordan. How about that for a payoff? Hey, hey, Brian, the best is yet to come with that. The payoff is coming. <laughs> Let me tell you. I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Yeah, I think you said something like that, right? That you were thinking that something's going to happen with it? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I feel like it's so hokey and Jason Jordan's so hokey that there has to be something. It's leading to something, I feel. It's got to be. It has to be. <laughs> I think when this was devised, that was it. But I think they're at the point where they might pull the trigger on something like that like some sort of heel turn but i don't think going into this they had any idea but it's gonna be jason jordan that's his son (laughs) and now they're reunited and it's happy Uh, well maybe perhaps i don't know but that 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 is a bad payoff a a very bad payoff especially when you consider broke up a a really good tag team there's been no upside thus far to that besides Jason Jordan had a couple of wins, and he's going to be on the Survivor Series team for Raw. So, father and son on the same team. So, we'll see what happens there. Maybe. What's Meltzer saying about it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to check. Uh, I don't know. But maybe I'll get your payoff at the Survivor Series. Who knows? Speaking of texts, I thought you were going with this. Uh, what about when on Monday Night Raw, things were happening in the ring? And all of a sudden, you would hear the iPhone text message sound. Yes, the anonymous raw general manager. You didn't have it queued up, Mike? 
The anonymous raw general manager, of course, months upon months upon months with Michael Cole approaching the podium and saying, I have a message from the anonymous raw general manager. And in the end, it was Hornswoggle under the ring with a laptop. (laughs) Why didn't they ever look under the ring? They never did. (laughs) I don't understand why. And I don't understand why he had to be under the ring. It was like really close range Wi-Fi. I don't understand why he had to be right under the ring for it to happen. Why couldn't he not be backstage? Oh, I I guess that's his home, right? That's where Hornswoggle lives, under the ring. I forgot about that. Yes, Hornswoggle lives under the ring. So why would he not be under the ring with a laptop? But I don't know where this was supposed to go. I have to think it was not Hornswoggle at the beginning. I feel like it's one of those things that they didn't really have a payoff for. It just, it was, hey, let's do this and we'll figure it out later. And then it was finally like, ah, oh, we never really gave him a payoff to that. So That seems to be the way with a lot of these things that are on my list anyway. Do we want to go to the other, right to the other one that, that has Hornswoggle involved? I guess we should. The angle involving the fruit of Vincent Kennedy McMahon's loins. <laughs> Yes, the grapefruit, you should say. Yes, yes. The uh, of course there there it was kind of revealed. Well, not kind of revealed. It was revealed that Vince McMahon. There was another McMahon child. If you if you believe rumor and innuendo, it it was supposed to be Mr. Kennedy, but uh, it was not to be. And the well bastard son of Vince McMahon. Is Hornswoggle. He, he's not... He, well, was it later on he then became Fit Finley's kid? Yes. Yes. <laughs> because he... <laughs> McMahon, Vince couldn't go through the rest of his life with having people think that he produced a, a little person. <laughs> so they had to. He's a genetic jackhammer. Yes. Yes. They had, they had to make that decision in the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, there have been some terrible payoffs. Yeah, well, I don't think I feel like we're we're not even scratching the surface here yet, buddy. Strap no, in. This not. is going to be a special two-hour BDA, <laughs> BDA episode. Yeah. Um. Where do we go next? Let's talk about Vince McMahon's son-in-law. Do you remember the angle, or specifically one promo? Leading into WrestleMania 19, where Triple H was to face Booker T. I remember, I remember Triple H wrestling Booker T, but I, I really don't remember anything about the build-up to it. I got to be honest. I refreshed my memory today and watched this thing. The promo in question had Triple H talking to Booker T about how people like him don't win the world championship. People like him aren't competitors, they're entertainers. Why don't you do a little dance for me? Ooh. I'm Mike Crockett level uncomfortable right now. <laughs> it was never said outright, but I, everyone felt it. I, you knew what the implication was. Okay, so fine. They did this very edgy, very uncomfortable basically racist angle leading it to WrestleMania. (laughs) So at this point, after what he said to Booker T, guys like you don't win the world championship. 
Mike, we all remember Booker T went on to triumphantly win the WWE World Championship at WrestleMania. We all remember that, of course. Oh, oh this just in, Kingpin. Oh. This just in. Triple H defeated Booker T at WrestleMania 19. What? <laughs> yes. So he was right? <laughs> Apparently, Triple H was right. What a terrible thing to do to a guy like Booker T. Do you think there's any like any thought process of when they're when they're knowing that Triple H is going over to like is it just strictly like for shock value to present this sort of I I I, I'm, I think edgy is too uh, is too polite good of a word to yeah. to call it. it it's it's pretty gross actually it's pretty disgusting I I don't I don't I don't see much redeemable about that sort of material but then do you, I mean do you think it was just trying to push the envelope with 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 no thought or do you just think just yeah we don't care like whatever like it's just a you know i mean if you're going to present that like you would figure that booker t might have won to you know i I don't know it's amazing kingpin the rumor and innuendo says that triple h politicked at the last minute to win at wrestlemania no confirmation of that, of course. That is dirt sheet stuff, but that's what's out there in terms of how and why this went like it did. Maybe people like him, he meant misfits in action. <laughs> oh, God. No? No, no, no. <laughs> All right, what's next, Kingpin? Let's get away from this as soon as possible. <laughs> All right, Mike, I got a good one. It's not exactly a main event storyline, but it's, but it's a good one or a bad one. Again, depending on your perspective. Do you remember one Mr. Al Wilson? Yes. <laughs> the father of Tory Wilson. Right. The father of Tory Wilson, who ended up in a very salacious uh, relationship with Don Marie. Mike, do you remember? A good word. Do you remember what happened to poor Al Wilson? Do you, is Al Wilson uh, potentially a listener of this podcast these days? Uh, is he retired comfortably somewhere? I don't see how he could be. No, he's not, Mike. He's dead. (laughs) Him and Don Marie had so much sex on their honeymoon that the man had a heart attack and died. (laughs) That's a payoff, my friend. That might be the best payoff yet. (laughs) Well, you know, that's not a bad way to go, I guess, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, here was this... I, I feel I felt like forever. I, I don't know the exact timeline of this thing, but it felt like it went on forever. And obviously it ended in some matches between Don Marie and, and Tori Wilson, which were barn burners. But poor Al Wilson <laughs> was uh, perished uh, in this storyline. R.I.P. Mr. Wilson. R.I.P. Uh, okay. Thoughts and prayers to, to Tori. Exactly. Now we're getting down to the wire here, Kingpin, and there are so many. Are we though? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we're like twenty minutes into the podcast, and we're not even close. I mean, I think we're going to get to some of the big guns. All right. As we narrow it down here to our number one picks. All right. What do you got, Mike? Well, I mean, there's just so many. We got to get some of these out there or just we'll just be lambasted on twitter if we don't right, even uh, just, mention wanna, how, how about some ra- how about a rapid fire around here <laughs> okay uh first one how about the black scorpion 
Ugh, right there with you on my list. NWA slash WCW. This man was tormenting Sting and saying that it was a man from his past. A lot of people assumed maybe it was the Ultimate Warrior. Maybe it was someone else from Power Team USA, the group that Sting started with. Someone from his past. As it turns out, it was friggin' Ric Flair. (laughs) Friggin' Ric Flair. Who was feuding with Sting not long before this whole Black Scorpion thing started. So, I mean, there are rumors out there that it was supposed to be uh, perhaps one of these power team members, uh, this guy called the Angel of Death. Al Perez played him occasionally, and some people think that it was supposed to be him when the mask came off, but I don't know how Al Perez and Sting are related in any way, but I don't think any of those would have been good picks. But anyway, it was an idea from Ole Anderson. Ole Anderson actually did the voice, just as he did the voice for Shockmaster a few years later. The Black Scorpion revealed to be Ric Flair with a haircut, so I guess that was the big reveal. The big payoff is, oh, Ric Flair got a haircut. That's nice. But (laughs) (laughs) Black Scorpion as Ric Flair, not what people were looking for, not what people got excited about, just a complete and total letdown. Mike, can lack of a payoff be a bad payoff? I think so. All right. Well, let's throw GTV on the list. Okay. Because there was absolutely no payoff for GTV. None. Yeah, you think it was supposed to be like gold dust or something? I think the rumor was that it was going to be gold dust. I, th- I think Bruce Pritchard has like recently like confirmed that, that it was going to be gold dust, and they just dropped it for no rhyme or reason, and there was no point to ever any of these videos, and it was just some weird backstage glimpses you got that led to various situations, and there was no payoff in the end. It was just dropped and never to be mentioned again. They just needed a reason to show Big Show peeing on someone. and thank god for that yes so maybe it wasn't such a bad thing (laughs) there you go all right it's not gonna be my number one hopefully it's not gonna be your number one there was an egg (laughs) there was an egg all great stories start this way brian (laughs) it was at ringside it wasn't a ringside but it was in the arenas for months and months and months leading up to survivor series When that egg was going to hatch, many people said, Ric Flair is coming out of that egg. The nature (laughs) boy will hatch out of that egg. And you know what? And if it was Ric Flair, it would still be on this freaking list because what a stupid way it would have been to debut Ric Flair. (laughs) Yeah, no. Bruce Pritchard talks about how terrible people coming out of boxes are. But how about someone coming out of an egg? Instead... It was, of course, the gobbledygooker. (laughs) Months and months and months of looking at this goddamn egg. It hatches, and it's a guy in a chicken suit. (laughs) But he danced, Mike, to Turkey in the Straw. (laughs) What, that's a a song? Yeah. That was the song that that him and Gene Okerlund danced to, Turkey in the Straw. What What the hell song is that? Turkey in the Straw. It's a song. Okay, Okay, I guess I have to look it up. But the gobbledygooker, of course, one of the worst payoffs of all time. Got one or two more before we get to our number ones? Yeah, I got one more, Mike, I'll throw out there. How about 
The search for Bam Bam Bigelow's manager. I think we talked about this before. We have, yeah, we have talked about this before. But Bam Bam Bigelow uh, was he? He wasn't debuting. He'd already been there, right? It was just a search for a manager. Correct? Am I correct there, Mike? I that was the only thing I was unsure of in this. It was a little before I started watching. I thought it was him coming in and. Regardless of what the circumstances was, you had some of the very best managers in the history of the business in WWE at the time. There was Jimmy Hart and Bobby Heenan and Mr. Fuji and Freddie Blassie and you know, Johnny Valiant. And Bam Bam Bigelow doesn't go with any of these guys. Who does he go with? It's a swerve, bro. <laughs> yes. We can't even blame Vince Russo for this one. He goes with Oliver Humperdinck. Yes. The dink. <laughs> yes. So that was that was that was a pretty a pretty big it wasn't like when when Savage came in and uh it revealed his manager and he he left all all of the uh the WWF managers you know standing at the altar but out walked this this gorgeous woman. No, we get this fat long-haired ginger dude <laughs> with a funny name. <laughs> All right, how about this one? I'm sticking with uh, WCW. I figure Mike Mills already hates me. Why not just stick with it? How about the year-long angle between Sting and Hulk Hogan culminating at Starcade 97? Sting did not speak, did not wrestle for one year leading up to this match. The biggest pay-per-view in WCW history and the finish... Completely fucked. <laughs> Sting won. <laughs> Did he ever? Yeah, he won. The, the whole thing was there was supposed to be a fast count by the referee where Hulk Hogan covered Sting and Nick Patrick was supposed to go one, two, three. But according to the rumor and innuendo, Hogan cornered Patrick before the show and said, don't count fast. I, I can't confirm this, obviously, but that's the rumor out there that there was some sort of deal between Patrick and Hogan where Patrick did not count fast. So he counted one, two, three, pinned Sting completely clean at a normal count. And then Bret Hart comes down and says that Nick Patrick and Hulk Hogan screwed Sting with a fast count, which of course did not happen. It was completely clean. And then Sting gets his little tap out victory with the scorpion death lock Bret Hart calls for the bell but before Sting got this big win Hulk Hogan got the big win completely screwed up the entire angle it went to shit everyone was upset no one knew what the hell was going on I was watching it live and I was like why is Bret Hart doing this there was no fast count I don't understand this Hogan won so this year-long angle went to shit in a matter of moments and that one of the worst angle payoffs I think of all time. Is that was that your number one? That wasn't your number one, was? It? No, there's just so many of them, Brian. <laughs> Do you think it's time though? Okay, there's gonna be uh, well, there's gonna be a ton left in the dust. Uh, I guess people will pick us up on Twitter, but yeah, why don't you go for your number one worst angle payoff? All right, Mike. Well. One of the more uh, devastating things probably that happened in the Attitude Era was was the very real neck injury of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And to get Stone Cold Steve Austin off of TV, 
He was just walking aimlessly in the in the parking garage of an arena when somebody runs down the rattlesnake, Mike. Just takes him clean out. Very well done angle, I, I might add, this piece of it. Very scary bump that, that Stone Cold took. Puts Stone Cold on the shelf for over a year. Was it over a year that he was he was on the shelf? I couldn't tell you. Anyways, so lots of speculation. Who is the person that is behind this? Was it his longtime rival, The Rock? Was it Triple H? Because it was somebody with blonde hair. No, Mike. His name began with an R. It did, it did begin with an R. He didn't do it for himself, though. Do you know who he did it for, Mike? Who? He did it for The Rock. <laughs> the man who ran down Stone Cold Steve Austin was Rikishi, who seemingly did it not for his own personal gain, but to help The Rock become the number one man in WWE because they're cousins. How about that for an absolute dog shit payoff? He did it for the swerve. <laughs> now, do you think, Mike, do you think that, again, do you think this is one of those ones where they they knew going in when they did this angle, or was it, yeah, we'll do this and we'll and we'll and we'll figure it out when we get there? I think it was they, yeah, they didn't really have a strong idea, but they didn't want it to be someone obvious. It would have been so much better had it just been somebody obvious. Right. I mean, it wouldn't be on this list, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have been a great angle, but wouldn't have been a terrible one. And then that, that ultimately led to that Hell in a Cell match where Rikishi took the pencil bump off of the Hell in a Cell into a <laughs> random truck full of hay. <laughs> <laughs> the pencil bump. He was. He was like a pencil. A very large pencil <laughs> <laughs> all right that is your number one that's my number one wow because there's just still so much on the table like i said i'm sure people let us know on twitter at the wpan hashtag wpan and i've got two here that i'm just you always do this you always take two <laughs> it's like a tennis match my eyes are going back and forth back and forth i just it's like sophie's choice i don't know which terrible one I should pick? Oh, man. Okay. There was a man who was the leader of the corporate ministry. He was a man in a cloak. He was a higher power, and then he was a greater power. And it was him, Austin it was him all along. Vince McMahon as the greater power. My worst angle payoff of all time. That was the other one I was deciding between, buddy. <laughs> I mean, this man was feuding with the ministry. Vince McMahon, feuding with the ministry. He kidnapped his daughter, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and in the end, it was... Vince in the cloak. He was the man that was doing all this stuff to Steve Austin. And his own family. <laughs> and his own family. I guess this was the... Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> I guess this was the formation of the corporate ministry, right? The awful combination music. <laughs> yes. 
didn't make sense. Again, just like your number one, a swerve for the sake of a swerve. No rhyme or reason. The greater power as Vince McMahon. One of the lamest payoffs in professional wrestling history. And, uh, my lamest. My number one worst angle payoff in history. You don't have two? I thought you had two. Well, I, deci- I decided to... No, you can't leave us hanging. What was the other one? All right. I'll indulge us, Mike. One of the biggest angles could have been the biggest angle in wrestling history. In wrestling history could have been the biggest thing. We're talking about WWF. We're talking about WCW. WWF then purchased WCW. Oh. And then was the WCW invasion. Could have been the most explosive thing to ever happen in the history of the business. Instead, it went out with the whimper in a 10-man tag match. Or was it a Survivor Series match? I don't even know. (laughs) It's that forgettable. Yeah, and it was set up like a week ahead of time. They were like, oh, next week, we're going to end this invasion. Like, what? (laughs) That's because it was going so well. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, WWF wins in the end because... They own WCW, but they have to let you know. They have to let you know that WCW stinks. Well, did you see the guys that they had? I mean, they had to flip Austin and I think Kurt Angle, right? Over to yes. the, over to the other side. That's because that's because anybody worth anything that was in WCW was still under contract to Time Warner and just sitting home collecting money. Right. And eventually they started to trickle in once they decided that you know, they were done sitting at home or their contracts ran out, whichever came first. Uh, yeah, so eventually DDP was the first. Uh, I think he took a buyout from WWF. And- like, how, how much better would that would that have been if the NWO was available and, and Scott Steiner and, uh, you know, all these Goldberg, all these guys who were the top of the, the WCW card actually were available to... WWE, it was actually a really good business move of WWE not to purchase those contracts. Like, why would you take on those contracts? But yeah, the invasion overall fell completely flat. Could have been the best thing. Turned out to be just another wrestling angle with a lame payoff. (laughs) And of course, like I said, there are so many more of these. And let us know on Twitter, at the WPAN, what did we miss? The worst angle payoffs. I have like six or eight still on my list that we didn't talk about. Yell at us on Twitter, at the WPAN. Keep the conversation going. Yes, hashtag WPAN. And we'll bring it up next week. We'll let you guys uh, get your word in on Merv Griffin time. So let's get into this week's Merv Griffin time, named for your favorite episode of our favorite show, Seinfeld. Of course, we're doing the voicemails over on the NAI Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. Get yours in. We will play it on the show. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And the voicemails were hot and heavy last week on uh, NAI Wrestling Network. And- Mike, you're coming in with your hot. And you're heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't go well for your boy, uh, for your boy, Mike Crockett. It was Check your birthday out this- bash. It was, yeah, it was a bash, indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, we heard from lots of people, past guests, friends of ours, that called in and had some not-so-kind things to say about me on my birthday. Not really appreciated. 
But uh, you go back and listen to that episode. If you haven't heard it, you're missing out. Join us every Monday on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network on their own feed. Find both of our weekly podcasts by searching WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to subscribe. you got to listen every Monday and every Thursday to two all new episodes of the wrestling podcast about nothing. All right. As I said, use the hashtag WPAN to participate in Merv Griffin time. And one week ago, we talked about favorite championship belt designs, my friend. And Jimmy Malonis at Double J Malonis chimed in first. And he said, I'm surprised at Brian Malonis's number one pick wasn't the Hulk Hogan title from the 80s. That title was okay. wasn't my wasn't my favorite though. wasn't big enough, right? Uh, I mean, it was it was fine. I just it wasn't my favorite. Many people's favorites is, of course, the Winged Eagle Championship from the '90s. DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, of course, from DC and Doc Talk on the NAI Wrestling Network. That's his favorite title. Jason Stewart. At Rundown Podcast from the Rundown Wrestling Podcast says, call me cliche. The Winged Eagle will always be my favorite. So, yeah, that is the prevailing opinion out there, Brian. The Winged Eagle. We heard this past Monday from Max Smashmaster, who is also a fan of the Winged Eagle and gave me shit for the Big Eagle, the Attitude Era World Championship, that it was my absolute favorite. Steven at HHHGuy2004 agreed with me. Can you believe it? (laughs) my nemesis he said he did love the winged eagle but yes this is my favorite the big eagle the attitude era championship that belt sucked how dare you Uh oh i dared randall keogh at randall keogh on twitter he says i love the nwa tv title that was actually on my list wasn't on mine oh excuse me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) b lou he is at Blue underscore the underscore cake. And that's cake with a K for some reason. B. Lou says 1A is the NWA world title, the big gold belt. 1B is the WCW US tag titles. I'm sure you don't like that, Brian, because it has a red strap. Mm-hmm. One of the first titles that I saw that had a, a non-black strap on it. And number two, the Intercontinental Championship. Number three, the WCW World TV title. So Bilu has a number of picks there and uh, some good picks. I agree with him on all those except, uh, I don't know, the WCW World TV title I'm not a huge fan of. Jeff Capo, at Jeff Capo on Twitter, J-E-F-F-C-A-P-O. He says the NWA Domed Globe title, which was the predecessor to Big Gold. What do you think of that one? Uh, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't know it off the top of my head. The NWA World Title that Ric Flair held before the Big Gold Belt. Oh, I like the Harley Race Belt. Yes. Oh, you threw me off with the with with the nickname there of it. Yeah, I, I think it's what it's known as out there, the Domed Globe. I, I don't know. No, I, I, that, that one's fine. I wouldn't call it one of my favorites, but I don't think it's bad. But you know, I, it's a little underwhelming for a a world championship. Yeah, I kind of tend to agree, even though it was the NWA championship when I was a part of the NWA, Brian, with NWA New England. When you were a part of the NWA, the banner years of the uh, NWA. Yeah, the Dan Severn years. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. LC at Larry 112066. He says, Nuff said with a picture of the big gold belts. That was your favorite overall championship, much to the surprise of myself and probably Mike Mills as well. Yeah, I think it's 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 very fitting of a of a world champion. All right, and Greg Myron at Lone Wolf GAM on the Twitter. He says, nowadays this belt is a shadow of its former self, but back then the WCW US Heavyweight Championship had it all. And that was one of my favorites, and you said one of your favorites too. In fact, you own it. That's right. It's down in my basement. Collecting dust. I know. Maybe, maybe we'll give it away as a contest sometime. Probably not, but... All right. Well, yeah, so you don't want to give that up because that is your backyard championship, right? You never lost that thing. <laughs> That's right. I was the booker then, so... <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's how things work, right? <laughs> hey, who can I trust more than myself? <laughs> exactly. All right. Monday. This past Monday, we just talked about it. It was the birthday bash, and also it was the Haas fight. We talked about being a big man in professional wrestling and we also talked about the breaking news at that point of Jericho going to New Japan, being a part of Wrestle Kingdom against Kenny Omega at the Tokyo Dome. And Steven at HHHGuy2004 says, Mike, you're reading far too much into this. I think Jericho will be with the WWE again. Nothing more to this other than Y2J being Y2J and having some fun. Are you still of that opinion? or I don't think it's a... Um an offense that's going to keep him out of the WWE until, you know, I, I think when he wants to come back, they'll, they'll allow him to come back sort of thing. I think exhibit a is the stuff with the bullet club. They're so butthurt about this bullet club stuff and the too sweet and all that. Why are they going after these guys so hard? Uh, I just think that new Japan is seen as a threat and Jericho going to new Japan. I think there's some, Angry people in WWE. I have no knowledge of this, but it's not going over well, I think. No, I think they're upset, but at the same time, they're not going to sabotage themselves. Um, When it comes to Jericho, Jericho moves tickets. People love Jericho. Uh, And something like this is not going to hurt his star, you know, at all. So I, I think if he wants to come back for WrestleMania, I don't think they're going to say, no, 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 you can't, you know. You can't come back for WrestleMania. We don't. We don't want you to move any tickets or, or merchandise or anything like that. Like that. The, of course, they're going to take him back. Well, yeah. I think when Bobby Heenan passed away, there was a story about how Bobby Heenan was a little upset and annoyed and confused about why Heenan never said a bad word about WWF when he went to WCW, and they never gave him a uh, a place in WWF once WCW folded. But guys who had buried WWF on TV all over the place, you know, your Halls, your Nashes, your Hogans, they were welcomed back with open arms, given contracts. It seems like Vince seems to respect that that not really caring, that stuff, you know, that going for the throat, not playing it safe. So I think Jericho will be welcomed back. Like you said, eventually... A guy like Jericho is respected by Vince McMahon for doing what he does. Yeah, I, I would agree. I just, you know, for wrestling's sake, I, I kind of hope that it's a multi-match deal with New Japan and maybe Jericho sticks around there for a little bit and, and kind of creates some, some ripples uh, 
you know, in the wrestling world, man. Uh, I don't know if you saw or just kind of announced tonight, but Stephen Amell, who I think you're familiar with, he plays yes. Green Arrow on the CW show, is, is making an appearance for Ring of Honor. So there's stuff happening out there. Um, there's mainstream crossover now from some of the other uh, promotions out there. So it's uh, it's a good thing, I think. it's Competition is is healthy. Interesting times. Interesting times. Finally, at GA Russell Nutt on Twitter, our friend Glenn Abbott says, Brian Malonis, surprised you didn't have potatoes, vegetables, and a small glass of wine with that birthday roast. Who said I didn't? <laughs> <laughs> you very well may have. Yeah, you have to go back and listen to me getting, uh, getting the business from a number of people. Uh, this past Monday on the NAI Wrestling Network, it was. You, you, Mike, you should. You should. You know, you're lucky I got there in time before you could see them. The ones that that your wife and your parents left on on there. <laughs> that that would have really crushed you. Well, thanks for sparing me. That's very nice of you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to everyone who's a part of Merv Griffin Time this week, and we look forward to talking to you on Twitter. And we'll bring you the best for next week on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on BDA Radio com putting over podcasts that is our facebook group well it's not just our facebook group it's a facebook group for all podcasters all pro wrestling podcasters podcast fans join us on facebook it's called putting over podcasts just put that in the search bar and find us add yourself and come and join in the conversation about all wrestling podcasts booking the territory with mike mills Twice a week on Sundays, it's the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursdays, their flagship show where they're talking about the old World Championship Wrestling from Saturday nights, the 605 show. Twice a week, look for Mike Mills at mikemills.podbean.com and listen. A very good podcast talking about classic wrestling. And speaking of classic wrestling, our vantage point has kind of the northern flavor of retro wrestling talk our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast with joe and quinn find them on apple podcasts google play stitcher any place podcasts are sold and the rundown wrestling podcast with jason stewart troy adam sal and the rest all week long stuff going on in that feed including the big thursday flagship show the rundown wrestling podcast And on this podcast, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. I hearken back to the immortal words of one Tarzan Taylor. He told me all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's He'll Laugh Hall of Fame. Starting with you, what's the meaning of this tombstone? Well, me, Gene, the faces of fear are here at force, and we took the liberty of bringing Hulk Hogan a little bit of a late Christmas present to put at the foot of his bed tonight. Ha, 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 ha. Hulk Hogan, tonight is my night, baby. I'm sky high, and I'm going to take home the WCW championship belt around my waist, and we're going to go out and party tonight. Hulk Hogan, you're in for some pain. I came here to fight, and fight I will. 
and you're going to know that you've been in a fight tonight when you get done with this match. <laughs> you're scary, Butcher. Very scary. Yes. <laughs> the Butcher. A member of the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. And this Heel Laugh is textbook. <laughs> 101 level stuff here. <laughs> a heel laugh. Let me just get back to the definition of a heel laugh. A heel laugh is completely fake, completely phony, does not sound natural at all, coming from the mouth of anybody, let alone a heel. This laugh, is, it's got me flabbergasted how perfect this is and how perfect was it that it was found by one kingpin Brian Malonis? Thank you. No problem. Yes, I watched this this week uh, because it was the subject of uh, what happened when, and I saw this, and I thought this would be perfect. Two beautiful heel laughs by by the butcher. The only question is, is Ed Leslie in or just the butcher? Is 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 his other some of his other incarnations? Are they still available? to us for the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Could could this man be inducted more than once? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I, I believe the Dungeon of Doom is already in, so I think he's already in there twice as it is. Wow. Two-time inductee. How about that? Congratulations to, yes, Ed Leslie, the Butcher. Think about this. The, the main event of a Starcade, which was supposed to be WCW's answer, you know, it was their signature event was Hulk Hogan versus The Butcher, a.k.a. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. (laughs) And still not as bad as Hogan versus Sting. (laughs) As we've outlined here today. To check out this Hall of Fame inductee in all his glory, find a link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. All right, quickly, Kingpin, you're packing your bags about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend doing that pro wrestling gimmick. Where are you headed? Saturday night, Mike, head to Hadley, Massachusetts, Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. Check out Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling on all social media outlets for ticket and full card information. And then Sunday, I'm heading to Somerville, Massachusetts, Beyond Wrestling's Unprofessional, the start of the tournament for tomorrow. Yours truly will be in attendance. Check out beyondwrestlingonline.com and also all social media outlets for ticket and full card information. This one will sell out. Buy your tickets now. A great venue, and you said you'll be in attendance. Will you be in action? Oh, well, that remains to be seen. I see. (laughs) A little mystery there. Well, if you want to book the Kingpin, make sure you get him in action on your show. Email BrianMalonis at Comcast.net or DM him on the Twitter at BrianMalonis. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with Chad Alden and Paul St. Newman Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. All right, we will be back next Monday with episode 82 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the NAI Wrestling Network. Then you can catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>